here's here's what exemplifies how uh um down to earth the greatest pitcher of all time is when they sh- they have video of him working out when he was in his later years but when he's pitching with the rangers doing his weights cuz he really he did work out but he worked out the old class dump with fucking dumbbells oh, yeah. but he's sitting on a a weight bench he's got dumbbells and he's doing hammer curls got a senior frog shirt on and i was just like <laughs> yes. yes yes sir Practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. What's up? Not much. How you doing? Good, man. Good. All right. All right. <laughs> I had some trouble here, so I'm coming live. Live from from the back of a Pontiac LaBreeze. <laughs> it's Odzi. I got a good spot today, guys. I got the library nearby, so I was able to... Clear out the old pipes, so I'm good to go oh, for a little yeah. bit. Uh, what, what else? I got nobody. Good to go the- and in in the passenger seat, I can see. Like I know it's a good spot because I can see behind you. I can see the nice new brick. Oh yeah, we got a couple new builds, a nice little spruce. And there's no. Uh, I'm not right in front of a door, right? So I don't have people coming out like what the fuck, what the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, that's my concern. They'll think I'm the FBI. They'll think, oh, I'm Serpico. Yeah, I'm dressed like you Lieutenant gotta... Dan. The last thing they're going to think. <laughs> they're going to think I'm stealing this car. But then they're not even going to think that because it's a shitty car. So Right, and you're in the passenger seat. So they're like, is he from Europe? I think he's French. French connection, maybe. How quickly, actually, though, because I'm podcasting in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, do they go like, what's that guy fucking doing? Oh, he's... That's, that guy's podcasting in his car. That guy's like that's right so boom quick. And the guy that you... says that's got a cat fucking or a Bass Pro fisherman oh, hat. Fuck yeah! And platform no Reeboks. <laughs> 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 his stiletto Reeboks are clacking down the street. <laughs> Did you say stiletto to the Reeboks? movie theater Starbucks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, that's pretty funny. Just. But that like that chunky sole just goes down to like an ice cream cone, reverse oh. to a point. Oh yeah, or uh, you know it's got that. Uh, you could, uh, what is it like? It has marbles in it, or it's clear? No fish. Marbles oh, now trademarked. That, right, marble shoe. <laughs> marble shoe. <laughs> because once she breaks, sorry everybody, <laughs> sorry. I was sorry when I got here, but now I'm really sorry. It's going to look like Home Alone in there. Because <laughs> now it's that because it's it's Greenpoint, Brooklyn, baby. It's Studio 52. Mm. We brought it back and it's cool and new. Studio 54 has a a new musical in it right now of uh, what's it called? Love and Wine and uh, the mm, Wine and Roses. What's the name of that movie? Oh, is it the year of Wine and Rose? With Jack Lemon. I'm going. Yes. There. I really cocked that up. But it's basically like this really amazing late 50s, maybe early 60s movie. Oh, it's about, amazing. It's like, Shirley MacLaine, right? Yes. Yes. But now it's a, a musical. You got to stop drinking and go to a program. And I were talking about it. I was like. Got to make that a musical. That'll be on Broadway tomorrow. 
What's that? Because she has started watching. Um, she had never watched the show Six Feet Under. Oh, okay. And now it's on Netflix. So she like that's her like my show's on. I'm doing shit around the house or whatever. Like so she like half watches, half listens. Sure. Um, and she is just like the two. The there are two characters in it. It's like Peter Krause is the older brother, and then there's that guy Dexter, Michael C. Hall. Oh yeah, right. And she's like, I zone out, and when I'm not listening, he sounds like the actor Norbert Leo Butts. And for anybody who's into musical theater, he's just this prolific dude. He's also in um, the Netflix show. Like I was just telling you, we were just talking about the. Um, it's not the damages, but it's like bloodlines. Oh yeah, right. He's right. the dopey brother. Like he's such a great character actor, but he like cut his teeth in like musical theater. So she's like, I always think he sounds like Norbert Leo Butts, which is an amazing name for anyone it on is. Broadway. Yes. And, and then LB. that character, Michael C. Hall's character, is gay and has a, a boyfriend slash husband. Okay. Um who, when Ash looks away, she's like, it sounds like Hannibal Burris. Oh, oh, so she's got, <laughs> because I the think, images in her head, the show right, is wholly different. Like, so when I leave the phone and walk away, I hear Norbert Leo Butts, because I guess there are, like, musical numbers, and Michael Hall, like, he can, Dexter can sing. Okay. So she's just like, I walk away, and I, I only see in my brain Norbert Leo Butts and Hannibal Burris. And I was like, I got it. We're doing 48 hours the music. Oh. But not spicy. Nah. Why not? Time appropriate songs. Like, just do back, like what they did with Back to the Future. Yeah. 48 hours. I think it's uh, right there. I mean, the sanitize the spice. Yeah, obviously. Because I think, did we talk about it? The spice is like literally the n-word like it's, it's the curry yeah it's the spiciest it's, of spice okay yeah that's yes, gotta go it is obviously like uh uh post civil like reconstruction era propaganda type of spicy reconstruction era 80s comedies trademark right there <laughs> um oh fuck what was i thinking but yeah 48 hours of musical let's the do musical. it Oh damn! I because just... he sings Roxanne. The movie can the fucking play can start with him in the headphones, and he's just singing. Eddie Murphy's character is singing in the jail cell. Roxanne, and so you you know like the whole joke is he can't sing, and then you go bang, you go into a big old musical number. Roxanne, it's about life on the streets. In the sk- Detroit is it in Detroit? New York? Uh, no, I think it's L.A. Uh, I think this of is of course it is. L.A. in the eight, L.A. cop equals eighties oh. cop comedy. I, maybe you could make it a commentary. I mean, because sure. there's no commentary in the racism in that. It's just let's just no. be, be racism is funny. That's the commentary. Right. This one you no, could Nick put Nolte. like underline like why is this white cop uh, so aggressive? So aggressive, salty. But not that, but why does he have, like, because obviously the power dynamic, Eddie Murphy's mm-hmm. more talented of a cop and smarter and everything, yet Nick Nolte's got the upper hand, strictly because right, of- Right, because that's the whole premise is Nick Nolte is this dirt, salty, dirty, classic Nick Nolte-ish cop. Yeah. And he needs Eddie Murphy, who is just a like a, 
you know, two bit crook. Because I think that the premise is a guy escapes like a, a really bad guy escapes from jail. So Nick Nolte needs Eddie Murphy to help him, you know, hit the streets and like yeah. ear to ear to the, you know, the wire. Let's sure. find this guy. Mm-hmm. So then Eddie Murphy is gets to be fucking Eddie Murphy and gets to wear a cowboy hat and a really nice suit. Do uh, throw beer bottles at racists. It's amazing. Do um uh I I pinned it but I didn't say pinned it when you when we were talking about love and the and wine and roses or whatever. Uh what about a musical that the 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 12 tap steps. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the blandest They'll, nothing. The hottest coffee you ever saw at the concession oh, oh, stands, yeah, though. Nothing, nothing but coffee and stale cookies, baby. Uh, an Alpine Springs crunchy bottle of water, <laughs> or oh, did you hear about? Uh, they finally, or not finally, but maybe they finally admitted it. <laughs> the release to all those, the release of how much plastic they found in the water that's in those plastic bottles, like. No, I didn't. Millions see upon tens of millions of nanoplastic particles that are just oh, got it. right. You know, I mean, so obviously. you should just put that bottle in the microwave and just drink her hot and just get oh, yeah. as much of that melted Alpine Spring bottle on your face. I've had that experience of having a, a bottle of water that's been in the car, hot, cold, hot, cold, Ooh. and then you know I'm in the car for a while and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I'm like, that is what my thirst is not worth what I believe the ramifications of what leeches from that bottle into your kidneys and organs. But that's um, like it should just be like the rod from Simpsons, like fucking from the Springfield power plant. It's that like we're finding out that shit is that toxic. Oh, it yeah. should just be humming. Yes. With how bad it is for you. What do you think? Uh, upon birth in the United States, everybody gets $500 in their own tin cup. Don't fucking lose it. It's like the army. That's what your Ooh. soup goes into. That's what your water goes into. But we're going to make I it. Like it. There's more soup spots for people. There's more water uh -huh. spots for, you know, spigots for people. So, you know, uh, automatically right there, you uh, are saving the planet. Mm -hmm. You're mug, aiding yeah, responsibility. Size, like. A mug-sized thing—that's about as much water or soup as you'll need in a in a jaunt and, as you're running from the Terminators. And you're taking uh, you're <laughs> yeah right. And you're taking care of like the. I'm not saying welfare state. That's I just can't think of a better term for welfare. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of people's health and welfare by offering soup soup stations on every other block. You don't need yeah. more than a hearty soup. Maybe we switch up the soup menus. You get that in your inbox every month, like a school oh, lunch menu. My... Yeah, exactly. Because you got to let... We're... It's America. We're free. Yes. You got to let people be free. Be creative. And so it... my soup stand on a Tuesday is going to be a, a nice veggie bisque. What? <laughs> That's a new soup trademarked. But um, <laughs> And I guess crusts of bread... You gotta have a bread for to uh, dip. Do, we call them crustinis in the biz. <laughs> this isn't the biz. This is hard <laughs> tack crust. No, but it is hard tack. It bread. is. It is a five dollar p 
piece of bread you would have given to your great great grandfather at Shiloh. Yeah, exactly. You got to dip this. This is soup. This is, you got to dip this in your bacon fat for <laughs> one sustenance. <laughs> Nothing. All I hear about Civil War nourishment is revolves around bacon fat. You got to have bacon, and, and I guess there's true. You have to have fat on your bones, which uh-huh. just makes it. They never talk about the sluggishness of the battles. It's always the valor, the vim, the vigor, but nothing sure, but bacon they... fat on an empty stomach. Come on, but it's that pop. It's that hot pop. Like you get a little, you get one scoop. Old Robert E. Lee comes around with his teaspoon and gives you like a fresh Maxwell House dose. Oh, yeah. Fellas, we're going over tomorrow, and so you you got a belly full of bacon fat and shitty bread. Bread made from sawdust, probably. I guess the... Yes. And you get that pop of real caffeine, because all you've been doing was peanut shells. Right. Just peanut shell tea. I suppose you got all that nicotine, too, right? Got an old pipe oh, going. That's, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. You get that juice from a fresh plug. Oh, man. I watched that movie, The Holdovers, and I'm back to my yearning for a pipe. You seen that movie yet? Oh, the the Paul Giamatti one? Yeah. No, I haven't yet. The oh, Alexander Payne movie. Very much. It looks great. Yeah, worth your while. Really. Um, uh, what's the word? It's a period piece, like seventies. Just like it's warm. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a very. It's an intense movie, but there's something about the seventies and knowing, like their only technology that they have, because it's like over winter break, is they mm-hmm. have reruns of the match game is it called the match oh right right on a like a an antenna and you just see them smoking cigarettes and he's puffing on a pipe and they're drinking whiskey and coffee cups and you're like ah they they have no other distractions from the rest of the world yeah they don't have to worry about a text about this or that going wrong or having to respond to something i was like there is something extremely comforting about the only thing I'm right in this moment. It's a garbagey kind of moment. It's full of toxic, toxic sure. substances, but that's okay. That's it's nothing compared right. to what we have now. It's a very warm movie. I highly recommend it. But Giamatti sucks on a pipe throughout that whole movie, and you're just like, ah, back to it, back to that. Ten cents for my whole... pipe tobacco, Charlie. Oh, your beech nuts? Yeah. I need, a, I need a pack of beech nut. My Sir Walter Cliff. Raleigh's. Oh, Sir Walter Raleigh's shit. Yeah. Um, then you get. Then you're sitting in your car rolling your long form, handmade cigarettes out of. That was always my favorite. Like, be, finally, kind of be feeling like I'm becoming an adult. Like we've always talked about that coffee shop by our apartment in Minneapolis. Yeah, sure. Um, just epoxy cool made art tables mm-hmm. and like the first non-church coffee or gas station coffee and it's just all the the, the crusty crunchers mm-hmm. with their big old tins of american spirit like oh yeah you know, i hand roll them myself and just hang out there for eight hours and roll cigarettes and smoke and drink coffee smoking in coffee shops man. and just like chewing the fat the yes. local fat from the neighborhood i will see that there was a collective of writers that included a young J.D. Salinger that would meet, like, on the Upper West Side every day and just talk mm-hmm. about, like, I got a chapter in the New Yorker, like, you know, they're working on their great American novel. 
Specifically, yeah, yeah. Specifically him, of course, because he wrote mm. like the great American novel. But all you see is them just feverishly throwing ideas at each other and sucking on cups of Maxwell hat, right? Cups of ch- mm-hmm. uh, chock oh, full yeah. of nuts and smoking Chocking those nut, cigarettes yeah. like nobody's business. And you're just like, there's something very... And Meg's, Meg always says, there's something to me that's very uh, productive about that. It's not. It makes you very sick. And Meg says, and I can't, she, I, I throw to her every time I see somebody cool like James Dean. She's like, nope, everybody that smokes looks like a woman. It's all feminine. It's totally Ooh. feminine. And I will throw out like the coolest people like Jack Nicholson, like in does he smoke in China? I forget what Chinatown or one. I was like, yeah. so whenever I see like, I was like, ooh, that's cool. The two finger, even the index and the, even the like, <laughs> even the like dice yes, clay where you, yes. you put it on the. Doesn't matter. Like just, that's actually really funny. Now I'm not going to be able to see anyone smoke a cigarette and not be like, gay. Right. And it's, it's so interesting. But it is kind of, fat. like now she put it in my brain. You're like. Sure. But if you if you're searching for someone cool, they're going to be an attractive person. So inherently, you're like, oh, well, oh like yeah, James it's Dean. all like, the tertiary stuff. You're not right? thinking Secondary about your stuff. uncle Dan, <laughs> who needs to go out way too many times for a smoke during during the actual dinner portion <laughs> right. of Thanksgiving dinner. Like he, is, come on, man. Or no, I you're right a guy there. Who used to wake up. Uh, he set his alarm throughout the night to wake up to have a cigarette. It's like, oh boy, that's some. Ah, man, that's... wouldn't it be better even <clears throat> as that exercise to like try and eke out another forty-five minutes? Because doesn't wouldn't that morning cigarette taste oh, even right. sweeter? Sure, if you put it off. You would think I so. I mean, if we're speaking about addiction, why wouldn't you? The tension between wouldn't that be the payoff then? There, but the thing about it is there. Yeah, I guess that first one in the morning. I, it's been so long since I smoked, but it's like any other addiction. Like sure, yeah. Except for this one's more acceptably habitual. That you you're not getting the same like. Right. that it's you just... initially got when you started smoking but i think that first one in the mornings were that especially with that hot hottest cup of brew you know it's oh, coffee yeah, and cigarettes yeah. in the morning it's, it's leaning on iconic. the door jam oh, oh it's like yeah. 10 degrees outside mm. doesn't matter baby i need to wake up yeah oh so good. face the day and that's what when you those eggs day? are frying oh yeah in the kitchen over that hot stove no you're right but there is something about that sort of like collective like we had it with with jp like that it's more fun to be in the writer's room than it is to like actually do it like there is payoff to do the show yeah but the most fun you have is in that like the when when you see where the sausage is made and you're just hashing shit out and talking and like you go on tangents and like you get lost in the woods but that's the fun part. You come back. That's a, it's especially true. Talk about getting your first hit when you come to the meeting with something, and it Oof. hits in some way where not not hits in like all right, good, good to go. Where it hits in enough of a way where it it 
incites the something. conversation and, and starts to get cleaned up. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than either coming with something that has no legs or mm. sitting down and go, all right, fellas, what we got? Ah, oh, we're all tired oh. and we got nothing. Can't Woo! crack the book fresh. Can't start fresh. Yeah, boy. You got to bring you got to bring something. Yeah. You don't have to bring a steak, but if you bring a ham sandwich, you're at least it's something. I think No, but you were Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you were talking about that back room and Ash always talks about it and that makes me nostalgic for something that I I never took part in, but just her description because when she was in college her and all her friends were in this acting program at Ohio University, and Ohio University is just in southern Ohio. It's in Appalachia. Sure. Um, it's not really. It's way smaller than uh, Columbus. It's like Watertown-ish. Oh, they have a, a J- JFK stayed at one of their hotels, because I stayed there. Ooh, did you get the JFK oh. suite? Can't. Can't do it. They, blocked off. They blocked it off. Do you get to see it? No, they, I don't even know if, like, they just have this awesome, because it's, you know, your classic sort of, like, lodge feeling, because you're at the foothills of Appalachia. Sure. So it's like, it's Twin Peaksy sort of, like, wood panels, and all the pictures are faded, and everything is still cigarette-stained from years gone by, but they have this plaque that is, you know, JFK stayed here in 1960, you know, like, on the campaign trail. You just... I'm going to get a plaque for my front door that says JFK stayed here. Stayed here. You should. Absolutely. Just get, make, make sure that the, the patina on the picture is like that bluish. Of course. Fade. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is legit. Or that it has a relief, like one of those plaques. You yeah. see, it's like relief, like a plaque. I just watched the Nolan. I watched a Nolan Ryan documentary. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it on there. I haven't watched it yet because it's, it's an a hour and for 45 minutes. But I love Nolan Ryan now more than you would ever think because he, not for a minute, gave a shit about fame or celebrity. All he cared about, like, uh, yes, he cared about his records and he he loved Sandy Koufax and he cared about how well he pitched. Obviously, otherwise he wouldn't be the greatest pitcher that ever lived. But he... He when he won the World Series with the Mets and had like one iconic game to help them win the pennant. Um, he was like, he got paid seven thousand dollars first of all. He was a rookie, and he uh was studying because he wanted to be a cattle rancher. So he was studying veterinary like books, and yes. now he's a cattle rancher. Not of course. Not I'm Nolan Ryan. I own a ranch. He yeah. fucking was out there with the stick and he's put on a good 50 and he's going, he's oh. leading those cattle like, this is a keeper, this is a goer, this is a keeper. And you're just like, oh my God, Nolan Ryan, you are so he, fucking. Yes, the, he did uh, it in the old classic oh, yeah. journeyman way we think about baseball, football. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I did this because it's a game and it's fun and someone paid me for it. But. What I wanted to do was own a cattle ranch, so I went to school and learned how to animal husbandry. He didn't, by the way, he didn't pitch until, like, sophomore or junior year of high school, and he only did it because he went to a baseball game and saw Sandy Koufax and happened to be sitting behind home plate and was like, that was amazing. 
I'm going to pitch. And then they say the, they're like, within seven years, he beat every one of Sandy Koufax's records. You're like, I saw some crazy stat of the, the amount of the, the greats he pitched to and like struck out like all of he's Roger Maris Mm -hmm. and like, obviously Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. And like, he pitched to all of those guys. Yeah. From Hank Aaron "Eh, to whatever. There's actually a book out with the people he pitched against, everybody that got a hit, everybody he walked. He also owns, has the record for the most batters ever walked. I think one, because he used a lot of chin music. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And two, I think just because of how long he pitched. He pitched for like 28 years. It's absolutely absurd. Um, it's so, it's funny. Like, it, I, it's probably because of the documentary, but like seeing things like he, Nolan Ryan is definitely back in the zeitgeist. And like you said, when we were growing up, it's so amazing to me that he, like, posters on the wall in our house are like, Bo Jackson in fucking football pads with a mm-hmm. baseball bat. Oh yeah, I know and that. fucking knows best. Frank Thomas. Like these are like sexy guest jeans esque. You know, like you're you're hip, you're cool. We're gonna mm-hmm. do the you know photo like proper photo shoots, but also hanging equally if not higher is just a poster of Nolan Ryan with his leg up about to pitch in the train behind him. Exactly. Like he, <laughs> he he got no gloss. No, no, no. Because he didn't want it. He didn't accept no. it. He didn't, like, he never needed it. So he, like, I love he fits that, like, beautiful baseball mold of you could have picked him up and dropped him in 18 fucking 99. Yeah. He had a clean house, tour sure. in the country as a circus act, or you could pick him up, drop him now. And he would oh, dominate. do just as well. Here's here's what exemplifies how uh, um, down to earth the greatest pitcher of all time is. When they sh- they have video of him working out when he was in his later years, but when he's pitching with the Rangers, doing his weights because he really he did work out, but he worked out the old class dump with fucking dumbbells. Oh, yeah, but he's sitting on a a weight bench. He's got dumbbells and he's doing hammer curls. Got a senior frog shirt on. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, sir. Or maybe it was Hard Rock Cafe. I don't <laughs> Which he got for so, free when yeah, he went out course. to eat with his wife. And they're like, Nolan, we love you. Would you like a free shirt? And he's like, I never say no to a free shirt. Fuck Nolan yeah. Ryan. Done. Yeah, sign. It's my workout shirt. That's the shirt I used to mow the lawn in. Oh, God. You know who was a talking head who's still buddies with Nolan Ryan is Pete Rose. And what a... I mean, oh, yeah. it's talk about opposites attract. Pete Rose is a weird looking dude because he wears oh, yeah. baseball caps the way, I don't know, homeboys wear baseball caps with the flat brim, doesn't take the stickers off underneath, uh, keeps it a little high yeah. and a little crooked. You're like, oh, and, and yeah. he wears the shirts with the different pattern underneath. So when you roll the cuffs, you got a, a double yes, pattern. Exactly. It looks like a denim button up but we roll it up and it's like ooh is that a grunge flannel you're wearing Pete oh, no it's more like you got pinstripes and then you roll it up and you got like argyle and they're real shiny <laughs> right, yes, <Just> no, <laughs> a lot of Florida de lee on this guy I get it's it's a Jersey Shore look to be honest with you um, and also he's always had Mo from the Three Stooges haircut yes. forever so a jaunty cap on that like Lloyd Christmas haircut 
is amazing. I forgot about his batting stance, too. Holy shit. He chokes up halfway on the fucking bat and crowds that plate. <laughs> He's got one of the Metrodome mini bats? No, I'm not kidding. I watch it and you're just like it is it is wild the way he his you would never see that batting stance ever again. Um, could you get away? I think you could probably succeed lacking in talent. I'm not saying Pete Rose doesn't have talent. I'm just saying Pete Rose has that like third eye yeah. of he knew how he looked when he played because that's the whole bit, you know, like fucking Pete. He's hard nosed. He always wore that hat that was too small. So it always flew off yes. his head. So it looked like he was running at fucking 65 miles an that's hour. It's a Willie Mays original. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The Willie Mays. And the, again, Willie Mays with the basket catch. He was like, I could have caught it normal. Oh, yeah, I know. That's a, that that catch, like a basket. Catch. It makes it look like I'm hustling. Uh, if you were to come today, like I know they just signed that. The Dodgers just got the the Japanese Otani for yes. like a billion dollars, seven hundred and something million dollars, and he's old school pitcher, yep. fucking batsman, mm-hmm. classic. Give someone comes back Carney style, and just you're just you got that spice. Hats flying off, basket sure. catch. We got the the leggings with the the. Old cleats with the flap flap on it, so it looks like you're a you're one <laughs> of the three right. musketeers. That's right, those ponies, the ponies, yeah. Um, and you just sell that sort of pageantry and carnivalness of baseball. baseball what, what it used to be, it needs it I think desperately. You, you go over so hot. You don't even have to be good. You have to be okay. Yeah, you got to be able to be on the field but it really is lacking that for example first of all one i got uh, a's handlebar must the raleigh fingers mustache yes give me that old like fucking copenhagen fucking baseball cap the pirates cap (laughs) yeah right yeah like the the stripes and the flat top absolutely um first of all i keep saying um and i'll tell you all so sorry to the audience audience. sorry to you guys listening (laughs) Because I'm saying that, and there's a reason I'm saying that, because it's in the back of my head. I'll try and control it. Uh, two, uh, Otani g- shows you how much of a legit guy. It's hard to be down to earth if you've got $700 million. But sure. he deferred yeah. something like $100 million to get more players on the team because he wants to win a World Series. That's a big de- de- that's... deferment, if that's a word. And the other thing is, talk about pageantry. When Nolan Ryan was either pitching his first, second, or third, he was pitching one of his early no hitters because he has seven of them. Um, yeah. The last batter that came up against him, instead of bringing a bat, brought a table leg, and everybody's <laughs> cracking up. This is a this is a sanctioned game. The ump is right, cracking yeah. up, and he's like, he's like, you can't. It's a huge table leg. He's like, you can't bat with that. He's like, it doesn't matter. I won't be able to hit him anyway. But. How fun is that? You know? I love that. Like, give me that. Absolutely. Like, that sort of respect. Like, you're like, he's going to fucking strike me out. I fucking know it. I also kind of want him to strike me out because this is pretty epic. Right. I'll be in the books. As much as you want to be the spoiler and you're like, I'm the hero of my own story. Sometimes you're like, I'd rather defer and let my man. Don't bunt against Nolan Ryan. That's... 
that's a fucking rule, my friend. You'll... You know, you're never gonna get you're never gonna get one thrown at your old coconut if you brought a table leg to bat because no one's that's gonna remember. True. And you you have a friend for life that's and stakes apparently for point. life. Yes, and steaks. Oh my god, you should see the size of the steak eats. All right, I'm gonna stop talking about that because I'm kind of spoiling it for people. The reason I let me, the reason I've been kind of umming is I, Casey, I've talked about on here, and and you were there with me when we were first thinking about going on stage and doing sketch, mm. but we thought like let's do stand up to get our chops as if that's as easy as possible. Oh god, we yeah. went to Acme yeah, yeah. Comedy Club in in Minneapolis for an open mic night. And I still it, yeah. will see friends of ours who'd make the rounds and go to Acme. Oh, for and sure. And I still get nerves just reading it. So the we didn't even go up. No, 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 no. But we weren't intending on going up. We just wanted to see what it looked like. Uh, but then we did. I uh, I didn't go up for a decade after that because the la- one of the guys that came up did what you fear your greatest fears your nightmares are. Is he like forgot what he was doing? He brought a prop up, like which was like a (laughs) googly ring, and his mouth got so dry that he could barely speak. And I was like, "Nope, that's what I feared would happen to me." But I, even in my wildest dreams, did I think that would ever happen to somebody? And it fucking happened to him. So I'll never. I just can't. My my gut dropped, and I just saw he had like handmade placards, like he. His bit was, I mean, I know stand-up is all, you know, fucking speaking. Sure. But he had a lot of explaining to do, so that moment that mouth just went. And you have to over-explain a bad bit? Like, he had to dig himself out of a fucking grave with a mouthful of sand. And the thing is, I think he even didn't even, like, if you're gonna be there, you gotta go to the light. I think finally he was like, well, I, and then just left without any, yeah. just oh yeah, went out the stage to the point where the guy who was uh, emceeing just came out and went, I, okay, that's, all right, let's see all who's right. next. Up next? I watched. Because it was an open mic, correct? That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we were, look, we were there because we're like, I want to see what an open mic looks like because I want to do an open mic. Um, oh, the reason. We should have just, just recreated said, oh, that bit. Oh God! Just that st- staggering, bumbling, like oh uh, uh, wow, <laughs> stand-up guy who can't get it. Uh, just uh, uh. I know that's like postmodern, weird character work, but like if you could have, we kind of did it with like the... awkward that bit we did yeah, where yeah. we went up there, and nothing, we didn't know what to say, and awkward, and talked at the same time, uh, which worked, and then at the pit it didn't work. Um. The reason I've got these ticks, which I will now eliminate, is I didn't see it the night of, but I saw it the next day based on all these stories that popped up in my feed about Joe Coy hosting the Golden Globes. Because apparently Joe Coy was tapped for the Golden Globes after something happened, so he's tapped like 10 days before. Mm -hmm. And he went out to do his hot monologue, 10 minutes, and it Mm -hmm. fucking tanked. And you could see it was tanking early, and his mouth dried up. So between every fucking bit, he would lick his lick his teeth, oh. and I was like, "Joe, I feel so bad for you, but your bits like are pretty." And then he did 
what I feel as a writer is a no-no. He started throwing writers under the bus. He's like, yeah, I didn't write that one. About. The ones you're laughing at, oh. I'm writing, motherfuckers. No, like, do not. Yeah. So do you think fucking Margot Robbie and fucking, like, they all know. Yeah. Like, who are you trying to impress? Mm-hmm. Everyone in that room is there because they're front-facing in a business that makes money with front-facing people. Sure. So once they know, don't shit on the fucking people behind you. Because they make you fucking look good. Right, right. Like, he deferred to survival stand-up comedian mind. Mm, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Which which you have to do if you do stand-up. It's, it's just you. It's a ship mm. of you. You are the fucking captain. You have to navigate those waters. And once they get choppy, you gotta fucking figure it out. Whether that is, like, bust... I've never been a fan of it. I know you aren't a fan of it, but right. like we were talking about open mics, the people instead of working on content who just get up and then comment and shit on everything they have just seen, because we have hey, I, we've put up some questionable shows, yeah, and sketches, the point of but the we're po- yeah working like that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So to have someone come up. And then shit on you yeah. because you tried something? Like, no, 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 fuck you. How about you try something? Right. How about you put yourself in front of us and let me judge the quality of your work? No, you're not going to do it. You're going to make fun of my fucking haircut and like, oh, what the fuck was that? And like, here we go. Yeah. And I know crowd work is part of the, the bit. Yeah. But for him to then just like go to that survival mode, it was like, shame on you, sir. Because everyone there is like, fucking, none of these people wrote the movies or TV shows they were fucking in. Right, exactly. Oh, man, my mouth dried up right there with, and I I don't, I like, he was panicking. Oh, and he said, like, oh, course, motherfucker, yeah. I only had ten days for this. That's, then you say no to that shit, or you right. are unfortunately, now I'm talking shit about him, so I don't need to do that. No, but no. there's but people that can like, step up and do it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not one of them. Just soldier fucking sake. through it. Yeah. Know, he did. And he did. But he, he yeah. threw people to the shark. And that's the, like, I, I saw comments, people like, it's my first job since the strike ended. And I got made fun of on national television. And I was like, I feel for you, man. Like, fucking writing bits for other people is a thankless fucking job. Right, right. Yeah. Like, oh, it is a yeah. thankless existence that people take for fucking granted. For sure. Like all the, the schlocky shit that comes out of all those fucking late night host mouths. Some poor guy was fucking tied to a fucking computer for a week and was fucking fretting and dry mouthing in his own fucking one bedroom apartment. All those characters you love and all those amazing shows you watch, you rarely, a lot of times you'll think like, wow, they wrote a good show. Bitch, they wrote that one, they created that character out of the ether that you love, that that Walter White. Yeah, he created yeah. Breaking Bad, but he also manifested Walter fucking White, you know? And, and mm-hmm. then you, you don't need to live in that, but yeah, that, that goes past people's heads sometimes. But yeah, the oh, dry mouth. I saw it because I was working that night and you know, slight at Joe Coy. I just was so far away from the television. I was like, oh, is it Golden Globes are tonight? Oh, cool. And I just was like, I don't know who that is. No. Yeah. 
I don't know what the Golden Globe. I'm sure it's. I mean, I don't want to be. Uh, it's the a crooked naysayer, one, but I, it's crooked. Yeah, isn't it crooked? I, I came home and was like, Ash, you know more about this. It was like, Golden Globes is the crooked one, right? And she was like, Oh yeah, yeah, the Hollywood Foreign Press, because they. That's right. Yeah. They, because they're crooked, like you, you know, it's like the fucking mafia. It's like anything. It's just like they. The Hollywood Foreign Press is this analogous sort of thing where you can join, but a lot of people were getting wined and dined. Yeah, absolutely. Getting it's it's payola. Payola paid it's all it to is. give a Golden Globe to something that on its merit may or may not have deserved one. Is that illegal, payola? I know it was a big scandal back then, but it was it just moral? No. no. It's lobbying. It's just do you want, you know, it's just a matter, like, vote with your fucking dollar. If you don't like something, don't pay for it. Yeah. But there don't was a let, big... Don't let these random people tell you what's good. But there was a big scandal, and people lost good. their jobs with that radio pail, but is it just the scandal was they yeah. were paying, but so it wasn't illegal. It's, these people Hansi, just lost their livelihoods. you and I livelihoods. have a record label. I'm like, we gotta get right. old... Our, our boy Justy single on the fucking radio gotcha. dial and you just go around and you give the single to people and there's a fucking $50 bill inside. It's That's the... payola at its base. Sure. But then there's the whining and dining of it. But that's all it was. You're paying to get it on the radio. That's just, that's gotta be going on still. You're, of course it is. Like, look, like with social media and all this shit, like Someone controls the lever, and they can tell you you can you can or cannot be on it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Obviously, right. That's why you see the same people. Um. um. Oh, <laughs> speaking of crooks, speaking the of crooks, Epstein yeah. list is out. Oh, hello. Any notables on there? Well, the one I saw was—I don't know if it was true, but it wasn't a uh, old uh, or scientist. Bill Nye? No, uh, fucking what's Oh, Neil deGrasse? Name? No, the the real scientist, Sagan? the the fabric of the universe. I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, uh, Hawking. Hawking. That's sorry, it took me a while. He was not shy about. Uh, oh yeah, we're talking about the potential for underage statutory stuff because he wasn't shy about like he loved like smelling butts, right? Yeah. That was his, and he was famous for having just hot nurses, yeah, around him at all times. Again, which I yeah, I mean, whatever. That's I weird. guess because of power dynamics, because he employs them, and then insists on sniffing and being a dog, literally. <laughs> being a dog. Uh, Hello. I guess there's something there, but I guess it's morally reprehensible, not illegal. You had mentioned something that I love. That not only did they release the Epstein list, they released his Spotify list. Oh, yes, that's right. We were talking about, <laughs> also leaked in the documents, was what my man's listening to on that, on that Jumbo. Lolita Express. So I put a list together, but it was too... It's uh, There's no... I don't have, like, a bit. I put Beach Boys... Oh yeah, you got a little because the the joke was Hans and I were were texting back and forth, and then unfortunately we buried our friend Dave <laughs> yeah, in, a, in the mire, a, a stream of consciousness uh, thread, and we 
the joke was it was like, oh, you see, the list was released and it was like, oh, Epstein's list. It was like, yeah, his Spotify top hits list. He loves. So then, it, he, yeah. So it was like, what would Jeffrey Epstein's playlist have been? Because he's tasteless. Of course. Yes. Of, yeah. He's a vessel for fucking evil and money. And yes. What's a tasteless guy? Right. Getting his hot massages. Uh, um, what was that? You know what would be on there would be the, um, uh, what is the name of that mafia movie? Uh, it's like the one that's right on the cusp that people like. I think it's got John Leguizamo and, uh, Al Pacino. Oh, uh, Carlito. He's got the Carlito's Way soundtrack. Oh, of course. For sure. He's a soundtrack guy. He has every single one of those Time Life (laughs) collections. Yes. There you go. Greatest love songs. The best. R&B. Anything you saw at like 2.30 in the morning on cable television. need to come back, those commercials. Because he's still awake, smoking a cigarette. Just watching television like Howard Hughes masturbating to a fucking wall <laughs> In, into a jar. Yeah, for oh, posterity's course. sake. Yes, uh, cleaning it up with. Oh, he's just masturbating into a, a diaper, <laughs> <laughs> looking in his own eyes in a mirror. Oh God, that's probably uh, not too far off. No, we joked like he is definitely a guy who had. CDs. He's a CD guy. Oh, well, that's the era, of course. Yeah. He's got the cases. The he's got the binder. pack binder. The big one. The heavy one. Oh, I hate the heavy. I still have my DVDs in it. I wish. Same. No, I don't have room. But I, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a collector, so I'm a case man. But I got rid of them all when I had an even smaller apartment in New York. So I got that heavy binder, that... <laughs> You switch oh. the heavy pages. Up, oh. oh, Turtles one and Turtles two has to go in the same sleeve because I'm out of sleeves. Because we're the same era, you know. There were the fucking. It's the DVD with no cover because you have four fucking yes. movies on one DVD. Yes. So you're like, is that? Uh, no, you got to lean lean in and look at the spool. You got to read the. Oh, it's a. All right, it's a Psycho three and four. I got the ones with. There's two movies on one side and two movies on the other. The Elm Street. Box collection. Oh, <laughs> the bo- it's a box collection, and by box, it's in one box. Yes, it's all together in <laughs> one box with the nine double... movies on one half of a DVD. Right. Yeah, nothing. I, how many times do you flip through the binder front and back three times before you finally find that copy just... of Big you're looking for? Like, oh yeah, big. Okay, cool. And because they, some of them all look the same, of course. And I love those early ones because you're like, throw it in. Like, oh, you got to flip it. You got to flip. Sorry, wrong side. You got to flip it. If you want to watch Karate Kid three, got to flip it. Special feature is just play. That's all you get. My binder has so many useless special feature only DVDs, (laughs) or the DVD you put into your PC to get a free digital copy because it's from like 2013 but i still have the dvd I, it is uh the the netflix dvd that you got to put oh, into still your got a couple machine yeah. to download the application it's a useless 
pile oh of shit. God, that's right. You needed the you initial. Need, they, they sent you a, a DVD or a CD-ROM or whatever oh. it would be. That first era of online Netflix so was good. the best. Because it's basically what we have on terrestrial satellite television. It's me TV yep. and grit TV. Because I was like, ooh, I watched Blood Island of the Leeches. Mm-hmm. Like, they had nothing but stuff you paid a nickel for. Cobb. Cobb? Yeah, oh, God, I have Cobb. They, I think the first streaming show you could binge, which was like, oh, this is pretty amazing, uh, was um, it's, it's Tina Fey's show, 30 Rock, right? 30 Rock was Oh, that there. was one of them. But the first Netflix original show was that show Lillehammer. Oh, you damn with right. With our man Van Zandt. I remember watching that on my Wii. Did you finish Nintendo it? Wii. Did you finish that show? No, Me I neither. started it. I don't think anybody got past episode four because then Good premise, they put though. The Sopranos on there or something that was. No, it's a great, actually a great premise. It's probably... Well, obviously it's not great because everybody that's talked about it never finished it. And they didn't go for a second <laughs> season. Which is why no, Van Sant like was doing. it had two seasons, I think. Chronicles 2. It had, no, did it get a second? I believe so, yeah. Because that was back when Netflix would be like, you're our, f- you're our first son. We still believe in you, even sure, though you want to sure. move to New York and do comedy. We'll give you another. We'll pay your cell phone bill for another year. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in rags and belts, Stephen. <laughs> in, in fancy Middle Eastern sweet <laughs> silks and All that and powdered and myrrh. powdered paints, the red from the red brick <laughs> that you can only find in Tehran. <laughs> <laughs> the bazaars of Tehran. Oh God! Oh, this is. Some... Oh, we watched a, a Netflix, a new Netflix doc that was okay. Yeah, it was good. It was funny that we were talking last week about adult spankings for <laughs> the okay. first sons. Um, it was called. I wrote it down because I ke- I kept forgetting the name of the documentary. It's called wrong notes. Sorry. Um, uh, Hell Camp. Oh, we started. Uh, we're we're about halfway through. We're right where nah, I won't I won't spoil it. We're about halfway through. Pretty wild. Uh, it it's pretty crazy. And I kind of remember this in the percolating in the back of my adolescent brain, just because all I did was watch television. So the documentary is called Hell Camp, and it's about this. Was it like late eighties, early nineties? Hots. It was exactly. They're like on through ninety two or something. Yeah, or maybe it's even and earlier eighties. Yeah, it's like the middle of nowhere, Utah, mm-hmm. and this in the desert guy in the desert is on Donahue. So it's very in the parlance of of the Doctor Phils of today. Sure. A bunch of sassy, wisecracking, no-nothing, good-for-nothing kids running their mouth. And then this guy comes on with his button-up shirt and his tie. And he's like, I'll set your kids straight. He's a uh, ex-military, right? Special he's ops the, or something. And the best of it, the best part about it is, is like, 
I I'm not I don't want to cast aspersions on anyone because two two of my uncles were in the Air Force, but he was in the Air Force. Oh, he was in the Air he Force. He wasn't a guy. Green Beret. Okay, he wasn't in Special Forces. Sure, sure. So he comes on. He's like, well, during my service, I learned the importance of discipline. You know, like discipline and and and, and honor and duty. So he creates a camp in the middle of the desert where you pay $20,000 and said, send your good-for-nothing kids for, like, <laughs> the amount of time I I gasped. Because I was like, oh, it's a, like, fucking a week, seven days. I'm thinking, like, church camp. Right, of course. You're like, oh, I got a, a, a long weekend at Nisodak. Like, uh, they were there for, like, 90 days. I thought it was 90. It's Three like a months, recap. Four months. Yeah, no, it really is. So they send these kids to the desert. And guys named like Horseshoe, yeah, that's and Bigfoot, right. yes, guys, all these old hippies with fucking weird, crunchy nicknames, just yell at you in the desert and make you, you know, fucking dig water wells and push a wagon and eat your fucking shit. Like we're talking about Civil War shit. It's like, yeah, make- and, uh, like you have to earn your food and supplies and shit. Like, they make you kill a goat. That's right. Yeah. So, like, there's pictures of these, like, and it's like we were saying, it's like the late 80s. So, they're like the mall kids, skateboard, early skateboarder kids. And they're just like, I didn't want I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And they're like, kill this fucking goat if you want to eat. And these g- g- girls are just crying. They're like, And men are crying because they're like, I don't want to fucking see this. I don't want to fucking do that. Like, I like going to fucking Burger King. And they're kids that really didn't do anything. They're just they're teenagers. Like they're annoying. They're fucking mouthy and annoying. And it costs their parents, what did they say with inflation? $40,000 or something? $40,000? And that was the thing That's that blew me away shit. about it is all the kids are like middle class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I know. Because like, they start the documentary out where with Paris Hilton, I guess, was sent to one of these. Because it's not a spoiler, but this guy's one camp comes under fire. Because as you can imagine, if you throw a bunch of kids in the fucking desert, something bad's going to happen. All these like sort of tertiary camps that pop up after it mm, okay. now or like like you were saying, like with rehab, like they're like now way more expensive and way more exclusive. Mm. But it's the same Concept. idea. Yeah. Because it's like the Scientology thing, like the Sea Org. Right. Like it gets to that point where it's like you live on a boat like with like Captain Ron. <laughs> but you're there for uh, two years. Like they gets to this obscene where it was like and Ash and I were just like agape because I was like I Harvey and I fight like cats and dogs sometimes, but I could never imagine a point where I would A send her to fucking Costa Rica. Sure. Right. And that was part of the initiation is you pay fucking Littlefoot and old fucking to pick blue them up tobacco, or something, right? Blue tobacco to break into your house with ski masks. That's like and that conversion therapy put a shit. Bag on your kid's mm-hmm. head. And yep. then your kid wakes up. Because we were talking, like, it's so funny because it is like we were talking about Epstein. I was like, so much of this smacks of all this Epstein human trafficking. Like, you paid guys to take your kid, and then there's this all this weird under infrastructure where 
these bearded weirdos show up at an airport with kids zip tied right. and they're allowed to get on a fucking yep. plane That's different and era. fly these kids three hours away from where they're from. It's like Fargo. It's so fucking weird. It's so like, so yeah, that was, I was just like, A, I wouldn't do that. And then obviously B, it was like, I'm not going to pay you $50,000 to spank my kid. Yeah. I'll yeah. just break her iPad in front of her and really regret it because I'll have to buy a fucking new iPad. Did that happen? No, no. I'm just I'm saying like I, that's my cost ratio. It's like, I'm going to show you. Oh, All right. Man, I'm getting man. on Amazon. That, It'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Sorry. Oh, I'm, yeah. Breaking shit. It's the worst because you just have to fucking in- instantly go, oh, well, that just cost me $30. Why did I always break that cup in my hand? Come back to it, and it's one of as a dad, I I I laughed as as I got older, but now as a dad, I'm like, I fucking get it, Dad. I get, I got you. <laughs> this one time we were, and it's so funny. We just mentioned Burger King. I think we were probably like eight, ten. I was like eight, so my brother Jeremy was like six. You know, like we're in that era. True. And we were leaving. We had just got a nice Sunday lunch at Burger King. <laughs> we both got our kids meals and that's back with the weird kid vid. Of course. Got a wheelchair like Burger King had their own slate of Baraka. Young, right. Uh, action figures. Uh, so we were fighting over this one Burger King toy. Oh, <laughs> Go ahead. So yep. we're like fighting over my baby brother who's in the car seat and he's just like sitting there and I was like nah, 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 just just yelling. You're yelling and my dad's driving and they're trying to like keep it together. And my dad just reached back and grabbed this thing which has cost three cents and just went mm. he threw it out the window. Oh. Yep. And we both went oh, we did it. Yeah, but done. then because I was like, oh, that had to feel so fucking satisfying that you're like, it's fucking over. It's over. But it's just begun. my mom fucking laid into him. So he had to turn around. Run. Yep. Get yep. out of the car. Mm-hmm. Go into the berm. Get this fucking dumb fucking toy back. And he you know, reluctantly gave it back to us. But it was like, keep it down. Oh. So that's my moment. I was I because it still cracks me up because like, oh, yeah, I fucking do that. That's, Fuck this, get it out of here. And that, you're like, ah, I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. Oh, Leland, you know, he had to fucking, I don't know what you'd buy a new cord, patch a wall or something, because his idiot son, i.e. me, was mouthing off to him. So he fucking ripped a, I'm going to, your butthole, I'm going to call 911 because they prosecute buttholes or something, right? And he just Dear went, call him. My dad's Here's a the phone as he rips it out of the wall. Here you go, call him. That's a nightmare. But also, I'm sure within, you know, two minutes, he was like, God damn it. I gotta buy a new fucking paper fucking phone, this little piece of shit. (laughs) And then he has to hear it from his fucking wife, who's like, that's an overreaction. It's like, (laughs) it's not. Only now you know it's it's not. (laughs) Not at all. It's been building since 1983, you know? He said oh, yeah. something to me because I got a I got a little my youngest is pretty fucking wild, 
And my parents, uh, I think I mentioned on the pod, they visited a couple months ago and stayed. And my dad was just watching something going down with dinner, not eating dinner, running around. And I was just gritting my fucking teeth. And oh, he man. just goes, ah, isn't it ironic? And then just walked <laughs> away. And I was like, yeah, damn it. You're right. And I, he, I'm the youngest. Yeah. But, and I'm like, so he had me when he was older. No, he was like 30. Right. You know, I'm 40 years old. You it's are so now. fucking tiring. I'm, <laughs> my, my shoulder froze yesterday. Froze. It was the scariest thing. I couldn't move it back or forward or side. Just froze in place. Not because of my kids or anything, but just, uh, obviously I got shoulder issues and stuff, but that is a fucking scary ass feeling. Like, All right. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm. I have a terminally sick shoulder for the rest of my life. <laughs> this yeah, is a thing funny, for the re- it's it it is yeah. though. If for the you know like that's what happens when you get older. My nephew had a shoulder injury with football, and he was healed in Up like two Adam. weeks um, after surgery. But uh, oh, case did I? <laughs> Speaking of. Getting upset. All right, there's a transition. Uh There we go. What is your take on... I sent you this story. You read it. uh, You got back to me. I had an incident that happened two days after I read this story where Mm -hmm. I went into Bellucci's with friends. I wasn't going to get a piece of pizza, but I want to get a Diet Coke. Yeah. Can of Diet Coke. Yeah. Went to the register. I I, I normally don't pay in cash for anything because I don't have a cash job anymore, so... My cash is yeah. kind of precious for when I really need it. So I had yeah. two bucks in my hand. I was like, I bet this Coke is going to be two bucks. Because it, sure. it's not a, you Makes know, sense. it's not a, a can of Coke. It's two bucks. It was two seventy two. So I was like, hey, all right. I'm going to pull out the old card, which is fine. That's what you want to charge for your soda. I'm gonna, it's high, but whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I got the, so she reached without moving her feet into the cooler and got a, Diet Coke, okay, mm-hmm. handed me this nice yeah. icy Diet Coke, two seventy two. Used my card, and then I got an option of twenty percent, twenty five percent, or thirty percent on the screen. <laughs> of yeah. which I hit twenty percent because I'm in a restaurant, and in restaurants you tip. But let's start the debate: Do you tip on a Diet Coke when you're at uh, a slice place when it's 272 no you you don't do you no and i don't think it's poor form to not that's what i'm asking no i don't think so i think that was the interesting part about that article because it was what the new yorker is that what it was i believe so yeah and it was just this conversation about tipping and how it works now because they kept talking and they went to the guy who invented that square or whatever yeah like, yeah the, the turning of tablet. the ipad mm-hmm. the turning of the ipad like because they in that article which was interesting to me because i didn't even because we're so far into it like i don't even i don't even think about it anymore oh yeah and i remember when it started you started to see it in new york city with mm-hmm. the ipad and then they would turn it in nerdy me, I was just like, got to pay for iPads? That ain't cheap. <laughs> right. 
Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's poor form to not. Right. But I, I do understand like, like I was like, of course it's the New Yorker. So they're like, but the guilt, the guilt of putting zero. And I was like, when, since fucking when has a fucking New Yorker ever felt fucking guilty about fucking anything? Hit fucking uh, custom tip and hit fucking zero and get the fuck out of there. But, all right, but what if you're, but I sat with friends in Baluchis. Does that change it? Uh, No, not not really. All right. Um, I mean, that's like, is that foresight? Like, were you planning on sitting? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for a So then I'm going to turn the iPad back on you. So if you, as the patron, you Mm. tip 20% on 275, so you put in 40-some cents, 50 cents, into the fucking, into my pocket. You slid two shiny new fucking Georgies into my pocket. Yeah, sure. Uh, Does that entitle you to then free reign of the space? You get to just (laughs) fucking hang out all day long? Yeah, sure. That's a good point. Um, I guess that would be my, like, the jujitsu of it. Like, I feel like people take advantage because they're like, but I tipped you. I'd rather you not tip me for the of course yeah. transactional sort of exchange. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I get it. I wouldn't yeah. stiff a fucking waiter right. or a waitress or a, any type of server. But I understand that, like. Because it's part of the machine now, like it's the POS system, it's always going to prompt you. I say skip it. Say no, I do that all the time. I go to Starbucks and ask for a tip and I go, no, no tip. No tip at the Starbucks? Yeah. I'll throw a buck in if I got a buck. Okay, okay. But we worked at Starbucks. It's different now, Hansi. Oh. <laughs> I've, hey, I'm look. an old man now. Here's here. That's an interesting one because I only get a a small black. I always leave at a Starbucks. Buck. I leave a buck, but that's the fucking thing now is they don't even have the buck cups, right? Mm-hmm. They only have the percent. So now I'm leaving a hot buck fifty on a small black because I'm giving. Oh, I could custom tip it though. You got to do uh, the work to custom tip it, and the yeah. thing is like. Those, the fucking people get fucked on the on those percentages, because okay. they're like weird percentages. We were at is before we left New York, we were at a um like a barbecue place in Brooklyn, and we've got a bunch of food and we were with people, and they brought it was like you know semi corporate, so they bring you the big old long receipt that has the like all the bullshit info. Take the survey, but it has the percentages on it of tip like 16 percent you know fucking 20 percent whatever like had a weird low percent this number yeah so you know we always just you know look at it do 20 percent in your brain and like add a little bit more nash looked at it and was like this the math is wrong and i was like oh no shit and i looked at it and i was like yeah that's not 20 percent of what we paid it's way lower Okay. It's a way lower number. So we just brought it up to the server. We were like, hey, you know, like, 
here's the receipt. Here's your receipt. Also, we noticed the prompt for the tip on here is wrong. And they went, yeah, we know. They do it on purpose. <laughs> like, I, that was like corporate. I don't, I, and I don't know why. He didn't have an explanation. He's like, people have told us before. We've told them. I, I think it's to keep the check price down. So, so you, when you, come you back, leave, yeah, you, you pay feel less. So you feel like you're saving money. Yeah, yeah. But inst- if you don't do it in your head, you're leaving less than you should. Sure. Because Ooh, you're following this weird prompt. And I was like, what a, what a fucking strange thing to do. But if you're going to put top above the bottom, the fucking, you know, the who's who above the workers, you're going to be like, yeah, fucking. I'm going to tell. I'm basically telling you to leave less money for this server. Yeah, that's fucking. Isn't that they need weird? to get that greasy tip lawyer that that yes that's in, the in that story he just works on suing restaurants and the best is he goes and does his due diligence as if he's a movie lawyer he's like sitting in yeah exactly sitting oh, in a New York City tip lawyer steak restaurant who's like let's see we'll leave the tip up oh, something going on and he sues their ass oh it's something it was something about it was very much like you talking about J D Salinger and the boys. Down at the Greek diner, smoking cigs, drinking coffee. Yeah. But like that, the tip union that they, like, I was like, ah, oh, the day's yes, gone by. that's right. The, uh, the, the coat check king of New coat York. Coat check king, yeah. Living, and then he got all, so what Casey's talking about is that back in the it's 30s, so 20s, a guy, yeah. they found out that if you have a coat check, like coat check became a business. So- they would tip off, or they would cut off a slice to the restaurant and be like, hey, will you let us have a coat check? We'll give you a percentage. So you got to do nothing. And we'll give you the percent, or maybe it was a flat fee, and we'll have coat check. And so they had sexy coat check girls and take the coat, mm-hmm. take the hat. Yeah. And the guys, oh, yes, yes. that's the best. I know what you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, just, you were talking to the guy who... We'll leave a dollar for Starbucks. Yeah. And I was like, ah, 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 that's a genius move, sir. So, the, but the, all the tips went to this guy who was, they called him the coat check king of New York. And he would make $6 million a year because of all that money that came in. He just took it in and then paid, I'm sure he paid the ladies a horrible wage, maybe a good wage, sure. but, but paid them a wage. They didn't get to keep their tips. And the right, best but- is- all of a sudden, everybody just like flipping the iPad was like, wait a goddamn minute. Every time I go to a restaurant now, I'm shucking off a few. I'm leaving a, a nickel. I'm shucking off a few bucks off the wad here just to give somebody my coat where I used to be able to hang it up. And I got to give them my hat and pay for that hat. So a hat maker at the time was like, not going to do it. He invented a roll-up fucking hat that you could roll <laughs> up and you put in your sleeve. <laughs> yes, the wrinkliest the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so funny. The hat rolls up so you put it in the sleeve so you don't have to pay oh, two. You, you only pay 50 just, cents instead of one dollar for your chiseler, coat and hat you check. No, because that's what cracked me up because I love that. And that's just uh, from all the years of us working on comedy like you just see that inherent comedy in that moment because i was like okay in my mind i was like oh i get not like sure of course everybody's got to pinch 
pinch pennies now and then. You're like, eh, I don't feel like tipping on my hat check. It's just a hat. It's fucking 60 degrees outside. Right. I wish I didn't have to wear a hat. But society deems it's a social that law, social I, contract. If I don't have a hat, I look like a fucking hobo. So I gotta <laughs> have my fucking fifteen dollar hat. I you bought on thirty four street. Way more like a hobo. Uh, if you got so the proprietary like, roll up, you're like, okay, so you have to check your hat. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but you do. Of so I was just do. immediately laughing about like all the side glances you would get if you just went, take it off, evening. And put it on the table. Right. Oh, are you God. ruffian? What are you, some sort of fucking Nolan Ryan from the plains? You put your hat on the table, you're disgusting. And just that, like, you know, you could hear the, the soup spoons dropping because you sure. put your hat on the table. And you're like, okay, fine, I guess I'll check my hat. But that fucking rube, and that was, I was like, that's the beautiful escalation, is the normal guy who just checks his hat and begrudgingly is like, all right, I got a tip. The guy who doesn't check his hat and everyone just goes, mm, no, no, no. But then you get lucky because then old Hans and Case show up and it's like, hat, no need for it. Ring it like a beach towel and tuck it in the <laughs> fucking back pocket. Oh, God, that's so funny. Can I take your coat, sir? Oh, no, no, no. It's painted no. on. It's my bib. And you just put it on backwards. <laughs> right. And just wear uh, it. It's You just tuck in your trench coat. No, this is my shirt. You just had this I'm bulky here. diaper under I'm your belt. I'm here for an important Willie Loman sad right. lunch where I should have just not showed up because they're going to say no the moment they see me in my wrinkly hat. That's exactly. also my soup soup bowl. I was going like, to no, say. No, no, no. Put the soup in the hat. I ain't, I ain't tipping on no actual porcelain bowl. Um, Sir, you have to check your soup mug as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's got a little ring. It goes right on my... Right on my uh, Belt I got here. it the day I was born. I ain't spent a day without this mug. <laughs> no, Check put my mug. lobster bisque in my tin soup mug. <laughs> and you better scoop from the bottom. <laughs> I don't want this no looks broth. a little thin. <laughs> oh my god, that that concept that we humanity treated we people put so on poorly ourselves. that they would die if they didn't give the guy serving soup an extra extra crust of bread so he would scoop from the bottom to keep you alive could you i would like just one schism in time at a restaurant like we always talked about it like our favorite play champs like give me half of like a madman late 50s early 60s dinner with a guy with a bearded braided beard and looney tunes workout gear Sure. Eating at the same place, paying the same prices, but he, you know, you're wearing pajamas to, you know, per se. Pajama. Oh, you're the second guy. But that's cool. Because you're a SoundCloud rapper. Exactly. Oh, speaking of cool, did you read that story I sent you about the woman who just loves cleaning bathrooms so much that she works for free at Walmart and Target? Not only that, she also uh, loves buffets so much that she spends 12 to 14 hours at the Golden Corral. Who, what sickness it's, do you have mm-hmm. to, like, I, re- I looked at that and I went, that's like a fucking CIA fucking mind control weird shit. Because right. It was so, because like Han said, it's just this like sprightly young woman 
and it's just pictures of her with her Apple Watch, and she's like, "Look, nine hours twenty minutes for free." And then the like TikTok meme bar is that's just like, really what it is. I've been it? at Target for nine and a half hours, and she's it's just videos just of her right? cleaning on her fucking stores. hands and knees with like, like Kleenex yeah. under a urinal. And even if oh that was the one because there I was like, what is this one? She, like, bought and brought pictures. Like, even if it's a bit, I'm saying, like, we have to, you know, take everything with a fucking bowling ball size grain, yes. grain of salt. Right. Even salt. if this is shtick. Even if it's a bit. Why would you front face yourself as someone who cleans a fucking... What was it, like, a Chick-fil-A or something? Because it had a toilet. She set up a toilet. Which was funny with like, thanks for pooping. And there were Kleenex, like a bathroom attendant used to be, speaking of times gone by. Like, okay, we can take it as two. We can take it as absolute truth. Sure. And you're like, holy shit, like, get a hobby, like, get a part time job. Like, dude, I don't know. Right. Paint a picture, sing a song. I don't, you don't have to do anything artistic. Build a shed. But she doesn't because she, that's her job is getting hits on TikTok. And now we're talking about it because it's on the post. And it's big. It, it's huge money. And all she has to do is lick underneath the toilet, Case. For it's well pick. worth it. And you know, like, because it's not mean about corporations. That was my first thing. It was like, oh, she's angling to get a fucking big old fat fucking Target gift card. Like, thanks for your service. Right. Good point. Here's a thousand dollars. We're going to pay you for that time. They're going to arrest her. She's in the men's I, room. I, I just love you. You're squatting on a a fucking minimum waged job. Speaking. So you're pretending to do it. So hoping Target will pay you. Like how many billable hours did you actually clean? Even if it's bullshit. Okay. 18 hours. uh, Here's 50 bucks. Right. Exactly. Yes. And then you go spend it on chips and Target brand. Good market (laughs) seltzers. Um, <laughs> spinach quiches, frozen spinach quiches. Uh, speaking of thank bathrooms, I'm trying to create a jerk practice card game based on our six years of podcasting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. So if people are out there interested because I found a company that will make them. Um, but I, it'll cost me like $20 a deck or something crazy. But that'll be cool. <laughs> so you got to pay $25 because I got to ship it. Sure. If you're interested, yeah. I'm still working out. Every single kink you can think of. But in my research, I found a card game which apparently sells very well. It's just called Poop the Game. And everybody gets decks of cards full of Uh giant dumps. And you lay down and you start with these pipes. So it's in the middle of the deck is a pipe. Okay. And you got to lay down your dumps. But if you've got too many dumps, you clog in that toilet. You can't lay your dump down. But you also have cards that are like flush and plunge. So you can flush away someone else's dump to lay down your pile of poop <laughs> for poop the game. <laughs> and it sells like gangbusters. It has all these reviews and stars and shit. So, and it's only 10 uh, bucks. So I don't know what crooked card maker they went to. Oh, uh, no. What you do is because you, you buy the lot. Mm. 
So they right. ordered like five thousand, and they get them for like, and you get that big old bucks. crate from That's fucking right. Shanghai dropped off at your garage. You can't do crate, and you can knock. I yeah, I know you that's gotta do a, the, I, oh, the the custom twenty fives. Um, exactly, you pay for what you get. Nothing extra. No, I just love that you were talking about the dump game, and to go back to <laughs> talking about the Civil War, I was like. I wish I could be the future angel, go to that battlefield at Shiloh where these guys are struggling. Like, you need that pet for what we're going to, that's the hill we're going to die on that right there. Or we're going to put Johnny Reb out of his misery or old U.S. Grunt, we're putting you down, bud. We're coming for you. And just to be that angel and be like, and in five generations, <laughs> right? Oh, you're... Great, 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 great grandchildren will be playing a game called Poop. For the freedom that you died. I give up. I'm going to throw this fucking gun at you, and I'm fucking walking home. I need another kid, because I don't want those to be my fucking kids. Also, trademark, Garbage Pail Kid, U.S. Grunt. U.S. Grunt. And it's going to be a card in the JP. (laughs) Red face. Red face, those eyes bulging out. Vein. Oh yeah, purple veins. Oh yeah, the Ren and Stimpy neck veins. Uh, well, I'd love to talk about the priest that got bit by a tick and cut his own penis off in the Czech Republic, and then uh, flushed it. Oh, I didn't read that. No, we're back. Sorry, toilet. spoiler alert. Poop. Pe- you clogged the toilet with that priest <laughs> with your dong. With your, your penis shavings. But. I got to go teach a fitness class. So from the car yeah. to the class, baby. Yep. But before I. Do, 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 do. Before we go, we have to say welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Hans. I'm Case. And we love you and there's nothing you can poo about it. Poo about it? Mm-hmm. There we go. That's good. Uh, That's... You, can't fu- you can't argue with that one. No. Except for we don't have a laugh out because it was, it was Joe Coy bad. Threw him oh. under the bus. Busted. You can throw me under the bus. Yeah. Casey wrote. Casey texted me that, that was... one, and I read it. <laughs> Failed. I wish we were texting each other jokes live. Can't say this. That's funny. We need to come up. We need to for one of these podcasts. We need to write a bunch of bits or horrible things to say. Oh, that's a and good then gimmick, slowly yeah. give them to the other person to have to say to try and. Try and throw them off. We didn't. Oh, that could be the premise of your card game. Ooh, that's is not you, bad. It's a party game where you have to work in whatever's on that card naturally, and if they call you out, you lose. Skunk, you're the jerk. Because it's felt felt weird. I do like the SNL idea of podcast writers. So it's just we're doing what we're doing, but there's like ten people behind me going, no, 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 you gotta see. Jeffrey Epstein's uh, playlist, 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 playlist. Guys, if, so, you're, uh, if you're out there listening, oh, we we're, we're keep going after that hot poo line. If you're out there listening, even the most loosest sounding podcast from your favorite comedians, they got some schlub in the bathroom, Kleenex in their toilet, and then writing oh, a few God, hot yeah. ditties for them. You mark my words. Oh, they're a producer. You mark my turd on your IMDb. <laughs> Polishing a turd. <laughs> Got it. Love you. And there's nothing you can do. Do key about it. Ooh, do. 
Oh, forget that I said that. I'll delete that. <laughs> no, keep it. Oh, dude. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> jerk practice. Jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. This is a great and big airplane, Jeffrey. I cannot wait to get my butt sniff on. What do you have? CDs. That is cool. I guess. That sure is a big and heavy looking binder. What is this song? Ah, it's instrumental. I see. A big fan of Carlito's Way, are you? Yeesh. This is going to be a long trip. Hey B. Clinton, will you masturbate me please? Pretend I don't have rat's teeth, but have big humongous 